Podcast. Hello and welcome to Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. It's episode 99. Whoa. That's weird. That's weird in itself. What's also weird is I'm actually recording episode 99 a day before I record episode 100. What, what? Yep. This is uh, Saturday, the 28th of September. And uh, we're recording the Weird Podcast episode 100 tomorrow because for some reason, hey, this guy ain't good at organizing stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm feeling good today. I'm excited. I'm getting stuff ready for the live podcast tomorrow, trying to shift a few last tickets. Um, yeah, I don't know how it'll go. It's one of these things, you know, you, you, you risk things and you, you see, you respond to feedback of people and you, you put on a show because they want it. And hopefully people show up. The old saying, um, if they build it, if you build it, they'll come. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they will. Because, I mean, I I see the show um, being a pretty sassy, sexy, funny live podcast. So, I mean, with any luck, whoever turns up, it'll be a good time, you know. And it's funny that whenever you guys are listening to this now, I'll know how it went. You might know yourself. You may have been there. You know, it could have been, you could be going, that was a brilliant night, do another live podcast, Dave. Or you could be like, um, yeah, that was a social experiment that didn't really go to plan, guy. Maybe just stick to doing it in your dining room. And then, hey, I'll listen, I'll maybe do that. And see, to be honest, um, the run-up to the live podcast, to be fair, I've been kind of a little bit shit. Because I've... I've had so much on. Do you know I've been the busy bear of late? Do you know I've been really trying to make things happen, really trying to get things going um, and, and just get work on and get as much work as I can possibly get. And I mean, I'm not complaining about it because I like being busy, but it sometimes is a little bit tiring. But hey, this is what we're, what we're trying to do. We're trying to make things happen in this world, we're trying to bring funny to you. You know what I mean? And guess what, guys? I have an announcement. The best kept secret in the history of Northern Irish comedy uh, is out. I'm doing a tour. You've known this for the last probably three to four weeks, but I'm taking my dad show on tour. I'm going to be in Dublin on the 7th of November at the International Bar, in Derry at Brickwork on the 17th of November, in Bogans, in Oma on the 7th. Of December, Galway at the Rushing Dove on the 13th of December, and in London at the Museum of Comedy on the 18th of December. Whoa, that's exciting. And you know what? There could be additional venues added depending on demand. Belfast, question mark, is an option. If you haven't been to see the show yet, I might put it on again. Fuck it. If people want to see it, I'll do it. I'll be working on the show. It's a good show. I'll bring it. Do people want it? Do you want it? I'll give it you. Same as the weird podcast episode 100. You said you wanted it. I give it you. I'm a man of the people. Newry. They mightn't want it, but they might be getting it. Do you know what I mean? I know that's controversial saying 2019 because you can't be like, oh my goodness, they didn't want to be give it them anyway. Fuck it. I'll give it you. But hey, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. That tour uh, was announced last Friday and tickets are live, live on Monday, the 30th of September. This day, the Weird Podcast is out. So I'll be hurring and touring for November and December as well as a million other gigs because I've got my, my, uh, 
my calendar in front of me here, and guess what? I'm grinding. I'm grinding, and I'm 69ing. I'm not 69ing, but I am grinding. I mean, that's fair. Um, my last gig of September is a weird podcast. Mm, nice way to go. You know, and then this upcoming week, where can you catch me? Wednesday, 2nd of October, I'm in Laverty's Comedy Club with Danny O'Brien and Mickey Bartlett. Very excited about that one. Then on Thursday, the 3rd of October, Pug Ugly's Comedy Club, it's going to be myself, Aaron McCann and Bobby McShane. It's going to be a good time. The 6th of October, you can catch my bad self, at the limelight for the Motor Neuron Disease Association fundraiser raised, raised, organised by my boy Kieran Bartlett. Bartolini is going to be there sorting that out. And hey, it's going to be great. You know, this is what I like. The gig machine is, is on the go. The gigs are coming in thick and fast. Like John Alamu on the wing. That's what the gigs are coming in like. And hey, I'm buzzing. I'm I've I'm having a good run of things at the minute. I'm due a shit one, you know. It's one of those things like things have been going good. I've got some new material up my sleeve, gonna probably try it at Lavery's. So hey, due a shit one. But you know what? Sometimes you just gotta put yourself out there and people might like it and people might not. Do you know what I mean? It's like Greta Thunberg. Do you know what I mean? The 16-year-old climate activist. She's out there being like, I should be in school. Why am I here? And I was like, because you brought yourself there. Why am I not in school? Because you didn't go. That's why. But fair play to you. You know what? See people going, she had fucking, she had fucking Greta Thunberg, girl. I can't fucking have her. She fucking got a face like Nicolas Cage. What's she doing? Get her out of here. I'm fucking sick of you, girl. Tell me about the weather. I like, guys, chill out, she's 16, you know what I mean? She hasn't even experienced life yet. She hasn't even bathed in what a real difficult life experience is yet. She's out there with her clean, idealistic mind trying to make the world a better place. And that should be applauded. Do you know what I mean? She's out there, she's 16. She feels so strongly about things at the minute that she is willing to take herself out of school to go across the world and get mugged off by Donald Trump and then call him out and say, hey, what the fuck he's doing with the state of this world? And I respect that. So I mean people shouldn't be hating on her for her age or her or her thoughts. They should be hating on her for the weird cry voice she does. I But apart from that, I think the the lady should be applauded. The girl, sorry, should be applauded. You know, because she's out there at 16 caring about important things. Whenever I was 16, the only thing I cared about was being able to get as many wanks out as possible during the adult channel 5 minute freeze you. You know what I mean? And at the same time, was that as important in my world then as climate change is in her world? Probably. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just busting, like I I was busting like it was going out of fashion when I was 16. Do you know what I mean? Now maybe I'm lucky to get a reserve probably busting up maybe once every every quarter, you know? Whereas when I was 16, I'm busting flat out like you don't call me busting a teeny, you know what I mean? I just busting. But she's out there, you know, partly she, did she did she row across the Atlantic? She's out doing fucking impressive shit. And I think, you know, big big lot big fucking nods sitting behind their keyboard. Fuck off. See keyboard warriors, fuck off. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you what, she's got she's got good following on Instagram. She could earn some dough as a as an influencer, you know what I mean? She definitely could. And you know, and I, the only thing I disagree with her about was when she went, "We should st- 
I don't know why she's a ghost. We should stop eating meat. Nah, have you ever tried chorizo chicken and a cream sauce with pasta, Greta? Nish, nish. You know, that's the shit you want. That's the, mm, the taste there. That's what you want, you know. And I mean, I think a lot of the, the, the people out there are dissing her need to do a big old Greta Turnberg themselves, need to turn around and stop being such sly fuckers and get behind her. But guys, I am, uh, I'm actually oddly, oddly, uh, oddly optimistic and positive. Um, got the green light to go to Shane's Waterfront show tonight. Now, obviously, I was going to go to the show anyway, but um, <laughs> I've got the green light to have uh, a few drinks, let's say. I'm getting, I'm getting a train in, and then I'm going to get a lift home. So Papa is going to have a sup. You know, I might have some red wine. It might become purple tooth. People don't really know if they're ready for purple tooth. But guess what? Purple tooth is coming for you, brother. And I mean, it's going to be a nice time. Looking forward to that. Again, I I don't like doing support for Shane at big gigs because uh, I like him to have his own things. I like to have my own things. Again, we do enough together that people already think we're a team. I'm the sidekick. Always, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. So, I mean, I'd like to push myself on a bit, you know, and maybe aspire to do big shows myself down the line. And that's why I'm doing the tour. You know, it's fine doing your one-hour show here and then just being done. But because I don't do the uh, the Edinburgh Fringe or anything, I'm kind of in a position where, like, my show doesn't necessarily get honed or practiced or whatnot, you know. So um, I feel like the down the line I want, I want to establish myself you know I want to make sure that the shows I do are held to my standard because I mean people are like oh listen to you mister big up your own arse but no I mean generally when I do a show like the dad show that I'm touring when I did I've done it I did it once in the Strand Arts Centre wasn't wasn't impressed didn't put the work in for the next time I did the show and it was shit and I watched that back three four five times making notes, looking at it, going, like, where's, the, where's the fat on this show? What can be cut? How can I tighten it down? How can I add more gags? And then I finished with this final product, which I need to actually watch before going to her again to make notes to make sure that the R that I do is as good an R as I can do. No excuses, you know, because, I mean, there are people um, out in the comedy scene right now who are probably selling out big venues, you know, with maybe not... Uh, you know, maybe based off of like online things, you know, rather than maybe stand up or what they're known for. And fair play to people like that, you know, it's, they're doing their own thing. Whereas for me, I am a big believer you build your house on a foundation. And I think no matter what show you do in our stand up, that needs to be the best thing possible. The actual product needs to be good. You can sell tickets, you can move the the places you can play venues you know but at the end of the day if the show you do shit you're not going to get by so i just want my show to be as good an hour as i can do and then you know i mean i'm happy to take criticism on it and i feel like i really criticize myself and that's what drives me you know it's like i want my hour stand up so my view of the tour is uh you know some people are like oh well you're gonna sell tickets everywhere you're gonna sell tickets in dublin hey if I sell 10 tickets in Dublin, 10 people in Dublin see my show that haven't seen me before, 
I want to make sure that I stick in their mind and I put on a show that they'll go, fuck, that guy was great. And even if they tell people, next time I go back to Dublin, if I get 20 people, it's still, you know, you're building. And I sort of feel like I would like to build a fan base based on quality rather than maybe hype or, or like a, a viral video or something. Do you know what I mean? Now, it's not a lot to do with the fact that I maybe don't have... Uh, time or skill technologically to make videos and put them out maybe but at the end of the day what I do have control over is my, what I put out and what I say on stage now do I have control over my podcast input yes now I want to address a few things on this now I want to say um, I feel like boy Town has been a wee bit shit in the last few weeks um, I feel like that's been a lot to do with maybe the energy that I've brought to it I feel like um, you know on this podcast too, my energy's been a wee bit ski with. I think part of that has been gigging. Do you know what I mean? I've been doing a lot of stuff, and then sometimes you're like, "Oh bollocks, I have a podcast to do." So I just want to come out and say, "Listen, I'm throwing determination, fervor, and effort into all podcasts from now on." Because at the end of the day, people listen to the podcast on their way to work, passing time in the office, going for walks while they're beating off. Whatever it is, where you listen to the podcast, I'm going to be up in my game. So. There you have it. I'm a Patreon people. I've had a wee chat with the snake rat Ben and he's going to help me churn out some more stuff. And also, um, since the Patreon hasn't uh, necessarily rocketed yet, which to be fair, why would it? Because I haven't put a, a load of content out yet. But I'm going to just, I'm going to dip into my own pockets and add to what I've got from Patreon. I'm going to get a wee camera and make it a video podcast just because I feel like it's the next step the next natural progression in spreading the papa mantra you know that's what we need to do we need to get the word out there i want to see more people out there sharing the podcast if you if you like the weird podcast stick in your instagram stories let people know you listen let your friends go what is that shit they listen to and then tune in you get to hear some of this some of this gold do you know what i mean do that help a brother out spread the word and i can get more people supporting the podcast, I can get more things going. I've had a wee discussion with a certain somebody about getting the fucking merch out of my ass at last. Um, so I'm going to hopefully hashtag announce merch within the next month or so. Um, a couple of designs ready. Um, and i get those going soon. So, I mean, listen, I've acknowledged I've made a, a few boo-boos in the last number of weeks in terms of my podcast effort. Maybe my podcast mood. Maybe I've been a bit crumpy. But, hey, I'm on the up. I'm buzzing. You know, and this week's been a frigging smasher. Um, I spoke last week about Woodsy's podcast or Woodsy's podcast. <laughs> nah, fucking never do that. Um, I spoke about Woodsy's wedding, which was which was brilliant. Um, and again, I stayed up to five a.m. drinking. And guess what, boys and girls, I was up until four a.m. on on Tuesday night. Well, Wednesday morning. You know what I mean? It's that. Yeah. And what was it doing up until that time? Here you ask. I was in Galway playing the Roisin Dove Comedy Club, which was absolutely brilliant. It's actually been my first time being down in Galway doing a gig. I've been meaning to get down for ages, but again, I think uh, you sort of have a wee element of, oh, well, I can't ask people, you know, I can't, they need to ask me. Fuck it, I don't care. I'm asking for gigs. I want to do gigs. I'm asking for it. And I feel like this is the mindset I want the weirdos to take on as well. You know, listen, see if there's something you want to do. You know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, what is the worst thing? 
You know, if you want something, ask it. You know what I mean? If you want to do things, just go and do it. Because, I mean, the worst thing someone can say is no, as long as you're not risking your current situation in any way. Do you know what I mean? That's one thing I've learned from being a, being a parent. Once Holly came along, I was like, you know what? Comedy, um, anything else, is second fiddle. Do you know what I mean? The, she's my number one. Do you know what I mean? Above all else, Holly's my all. I'll always have her. You know, I'll come home to my wife and my daughter. At the end of the day, if I don't get a gig, if I don't get um, an audition, if I don't get... So what? I come home to this, you know what I mean? We live the fight another day. We keep on trucking, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, I want to do Galway. I think I'm good enough. I, be- I back myself. So I got in touch with them. They were like, hey, not only can you do Galway, you can come down, you can headline. And I said, guys, a bit too much pressure, but sure, I'll do it. So I headed down there. Now, the problem with their eyes is now is... I'd said before that I got a new job in my day job and work, which is part A of the uh, grand plan to become a full-time comedian, is to get this permanent post, get myself settled, take a break, and then try for things down this down this side of the side of the fence, you know. But the problem with that is I was in training, you don't get out of that. So I had to go to the trainer and be like, look, I um, have to be in Galway. Um, and I need to get out of work a bit earlier and they're like we'll be done at 3 say no more fam and I was like oh thank god for that now I had booked the day on a half day to go to Galway and I booked the next day off to recuperate because I'm on training had to go had to turn up um, so I went straight from work in the centre of Belfast met Billy Thompson and just headed to Galway you know and it was I tell you what the drive down was pretty sweet um, myself and Billy had a, a load of good chat um, just had a bit of banter um, and, and listened to some music you know and, and weirdly enough started doing uh, wrestling character Mr McMahon's voice non-stop and we were talking to each other like this you goddamn son of a bitch and it sort of blew my voice out a bit but hey it's all good in, in the world it took about four hours getting down to Galway by the time we got there we just in said hello to the guys that run the gig um, Carl Spain was emceeing who to be fair Great comedian, great man, just a really, really good lad. And then after the gig, you know, he, he actually came out of the, the club and had a chat with us, you know, which was nice because, I mean, there's an element of, um, I don't know, it's a strange thing because it doesn't happen up here, right? There's an element of, like, in Ireland, in, in the Republic, or do- the Dublin scene especially, that they're almost like, they make you flip and jump through hoops to try and get a gig. You know what I mean? Whereas we would, like, as a booker myself, a book clubs, I would have, I would act up, not a problem. Do you know what I mean? I don't mind putting on the Irish acts on Pug Uglies because, I mean, if they're good, I'm happy to have them on. Whereas it seemed down there, it's like, oh, well, what have you, like, what are your credentials? What have you done? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, here, send us a video, blah, blah, blah. What have you done? You can do five minutes unpaid. And you're like, hold on a second, guys. What what is that? Whereas with Galway, they booked us, pay gig, headline spot. They backed us. It showed a bit of trust in the boys, and we had a we had a great time. Do you know what I mean? It's nice for me to be going back to Galway to do my tour show because I feel like I showed the people of Galway what it was all about, and I feel like they liked what it was all about. I feel like they were keen to see a bit more and I'm looking forward to getting back do you know what I mean now Dublin will I sell tickets I don't know but at the end of the day I'm not at the stage where I'm going to go home I want to be safe I want to take a risk if things work out they work out if they don't I'm not going to die you know what I mean I'm not, it's not going to be a case of life and death it is what it is I'm, and I'm willing to take a risk so if you guys know anyone in Dublin London Galway Derry or Oma 
They want to come and see my dad show. Tell them about it. Help your boy out. You know what I mean? Help Papa out. But it was great. And then after a very sweaty set in Galway and the rushing dove, we had to come straight back home again. Which it was weird because it felt like the journey was it was the same distance, but on the way down it felt like it was an hour. Whereas on the way home it felt like seventeen days. It was so tiring. Um it was so foggy as well, like I couldn't believe what was going on. Like once we got to about the border, um it was just fog the whole way home and I had to slow right down to about thirty mile an hour the whole way home and that didn't help. There was one point William was like, Are you alright, Dave? And I was like, Yeah man, I'm sweet. And he went, why do you keep slapping yourself in the face? I was like, hey, because if I don't, man, I'm about to cope, you know, <laughs> with fall asleep here. But I managed to uh, keep awake enough to get William home. Sorry, Billy. I need to keep remembering. I'm calling him Billy now. And uh, myself home. And I got a nice, I got into bed at one minute past four, which was brilliant. And then had to be up the next morning to go to work for training. So, I mean, it wasn't exactly the most... Uh, Juicy and fruity my brain's ever been, to be fair, for a day of training. But, you know, it was grand. And then we're, we're back in Pug Uglies again. So, I mean, you know, it's been a good week of gigs. I had Kieran Bartlett in headlining Pugs this week and Jordan Robinson doing support. Both of them absolutely smashed. And then to sprinkle a little bit of salt on the beef, salt Bay style, we had Johnny Bow doing an open spot. And then Aaron Butler just dropped in and was like, I'll do five. I said, you will, go on. And both of them killed. Like, if you don't know Johnny Bow, check him out. He's a one-liner comedian. He's very funny. Do you know, he's only he, he had done stand-up before, and then it stopped. I think he just had some issues with confidence. Well, guess what, brother? You shouldn't, because you're very, very good. So keep an eye out for him. And then Aaron Butler um, absolutely smashed it. And he'll be doing support for me on all my tour dates, bar in London, because you only have London for an hour in the dot, like an Edinburgh Fringe show. So if you want to come and see me and Botmaster, get tickets to the tour which go on sale today if you're listening to the podcast on Monday or they'll be on sale if you listen to it later in the week. So, I mean, guys, what are you waiting for? Shine.net, Dave Elliott, dad tour, you know. If you're a dad, you'll enjoy it. If you're a mum, you'll enjoy it. If you're a mum to be, you'll enjoy it. If you're a dad to be, you'll enjoy it. If you're a grandparent, you'll enjoy it. Listen, I'm blowing mum trumpet. It's a fucking funny show. Come see it. Um, other than that, it's been a fairly chill time, you know. I've been, like, today... Um, I'm recording a podcast, I have a house to myself, the wife's in work, um, Holly is away out for breakfast with my sister who's home from London for the weekend, so I mean, it's very difficult that I'm in, in here recording because I obviously have purchased FIFA 20, so I mean, I should be in my living room playing FIFA whereas I'm in my dining room doing the podcast because I love you weirdos, I love you guys, you know, and yeah, and I feel I'm not feeling a good mood to record a podcast. It's not too late. It's not too rushed. Um, I definitely wouldn't be doing it um, tomorrow because I'm recording a live weird podcast, and that would just be whoa, really zapped of energy if that was the case. But yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling fairly well, you know. And all things considered, um, looking forward to the live podcast and looking forward to Shane's show tonight as well. You know, um, and it'll be a good time. I feel like I've been chatting for a wee while, and I need to, I need to maybe move on to to my, my wee listeners' questions this week. What do you think? Okay, let's get, let's get them up. Let's fucking 
let's go, come on, let's do it. I've had enough of this farting around, what am I like? Um, hmm. Jody Short has said, are you going to see Brendan Schaub in the Ulster Hall? Um, to be totally honest with you, probably not. Um, I did get in touch with the promoter to say, hey, if he needs support, get me on. But I think he brings to her support with him, which is totally understandable. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a few factors in it, right? I like Brent Schaub as a podcast host. I like him on The Fighter and the Kid, and especially The King and the Sting. Um, I think he seems like a, like a sound guy, like a decent guy. You know, do I love his stand-up? From what I saw from a Showtime special, nah. And I mean, that's fair enough. I like him enough that I would go and see him. If his tickets weren't 32 quid, but I mean, would I pay 32 quid to watch someone do stand-up? It's no better than what you pay... Seven quid in the Lavery's on a Wednesday or five in the Pugs on a Thursday? Nah. So, I mean, you know, why Why would I? If I was able to do it for free, absolutely. You know, and it's a strange one because I do like him. I do like him as a guy. I think he seems like a, a good guy, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether I would pay the money to see him as a stand-up, to be totally honest with you. Um, so, for that, Jody, I'm going to say, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um... But hey, if the Ulster Hall or Aiken want to throw me some free tickets, I'll go. Also, major shout out to Glenisk uh, Yogurts or whatever it is for sending me some freebie stuff this week. Got to send me a load of natural yogurt and an Ulster or an Ulster uh, an Ireland uh, sticker book for the Rugby World Cup. But as it stands, he just got beat by Japan, so fuck that. Um, but yeah, cheers anyway. Um, let me see. Um. John Joe Flood has uh, said, Good evening, Daddy David. Must say that I'm looking forward to an extremely weird live podcast. Question this evening is, being from a bisexual background, what are you, your views on a Boris Johnson wanting to forget the island of Ireland exists? Do you think Brexit will lead to a return of the dark days in NI? Well, John Joe, that's a, that's a difficult question. It's also quite uh, a deep question for um, the weird podcast. First and foremost, um... For any new listeners out there, uh, you're wondering what my bisexual background is. I want to just clear that up. Um, I'm actually the son of a, a Protestant and a Catholic. I'm, you know, obviously a bisexual as a result of that. Um, and I mean, I feel like 2019 and I, there's probably more bisexuals out there than, than people give credit for. You know, a bisexual or a muggle, that's what I go by. Um, but I feel like... I feel like, to be honest, I've dipped in and out of Brexit, you know. I've kind of felt like, in many respects, Brexit to me is a wee bit like EastEnders. Do you know what I mean? It's drama that's ongoing all the time on the television every night. And I sort of occasionally will watch, dip in on it, you know what I mean? But, I mean, it's not deep enough that you miss out on the story by not keeping on touch with it every day. I feel like Brexit, um, in its instant, was so, or in its sort of inception was something that David Cameron did not expect would ever happen, hence why he ended up resigning. He's like, listen, we'll do a poll. Will we voted to remain? It'll be grand. They voted leave, and he's like, ah, bollocks, I must resign, right? So that started it. I feel like... I mean, listen, I voted to, 
to remain. That there's my cards are on the table. That's how I voted. I took myself to the polling station. I voted. Um, I feel now that it's just turned into an absolute shambles. Um, as is with democracy. You know, people are going. This is not the way Scotland Northern Ireland voted, but it's part of the United Kingdom. Brexit won, so we got to respect democracy. Let it happen. And at the end of the day, I don't think it'll be as bad as what people are forecasting. Now, there needs to be a backstop. There needs to be something done whereby the border between Ireland and Northern Ireland is not hardened because of obviously the implications and issues uh, stated in the Good Friday Agreement. Now, I think the Good Friday Agreement is still an entirely um, worthwhile document. Nah, I think that needs to be looked at and changed slightly as well because there's some discrepancies there. However, first and foremost, I want peace on the this island. Also in Northern Ireland, there's the cards on the table. I'm from a mixed marriage. I identify as Northern Irish. That's about it. I don't identify as British or Irish. I'm Northern Irish. I support the Northern Ireland football team. I support the Irish rugby team. I support Jamie Dornan and whatever he does. I support, you know, May McFetridge. You know, I'll support I'll support anybody, right? But what I'm saying is I just want to ensure that we don't go back to the troubles. You know what I mean? There's still still See the parties that are still... I mean, I don't want this to turn into a political rant, but the parties that run this country of a fucking cheek. See, getting on, well, you need to do this and you need to do that over in Westminster. Hey, guys, go to work. You know what I mean? Maybe before you get so fucking um, self-obsessed and so arrogant that you might want to sort your own problems out. There you have Sinn Féin and uh, the DUP at Queen's Freshers' Fair, you know, talking about... Like Sinn Féin, always about respect and rights, and then they've got Brits outposter. You know what I mean? Um, and then you have the DUP, Ireland. You know, you know what? Fuck those two parties. They're the worst. See, if you're as a young, rational thinking person, vote for either of those parties. Your heads in the shed. You know, they're both just. I mean, what's it take for one of them to just go? Hey, look, listen. We actually made a balls up here. Now we disagree. We use it done. We've ballsed up ourselves. We accept some blame. And we'll try and move forward there. But they don't. They just want these stupid fucking ideas. Right, here's another thing that's really made me angry this week. There's no government over here. Um, there is... There's issues that they say about rights. You know, again, it's back to this fucking language thing. It's all about rights. We want rights and people should be able to speak whatever language they want. Here's the thing. I can give a fuck what language people speak. If they want to speak flipping Tibetan, go ahead. You know what I mean? But at the same time... Don't be using that as a tool to hold up the actual funding of things such as education, um, healthcare, housing, you know, stuff like that. Like I had a had a presentation on work last week where Lifeline came in and Lifeline were like, Lifeline are a, a mental health suicide prevention charity, right? And they said that they have massive underfunding. They're doing a, a job that they, this is, they, this is the numbers. Think about this, right? We have no government. They're fighting and bickering over fucking stupid stuff. Yeah, lifeline of 40 councillors dealing with 65,000 cases. So divvy that up between 40. It's like a 1,600 and something per person. Do you know what I mean? That's a joke. You know, there's not the staff in the hospitals. There's not the equipment. And we're just sitting, oh, well, we want to have a bridge between the Union, between England and Northern Ireland. We want to unite the fuck off. You know, just... I just want to be able to go 
make people laugh of an evening. You know, talk shit in a podcast. Make sure that my daughter can go to the hospital if she's not well. Make sure she's happy. Make sure she gets access to good schools and opportunities. Make sure we compare bills. I think that's all we want. So, you know, I just think politics over here is so fucked. And, man, do you think we could end up back at the troubles? Yeah, you know why? Because I think there's enough fucking spoons in this country that would go back to that. Like, realistically, who cares as long as you can feed your family and have a roof over your head and live a happy life, you know? You need to sort your life out if that's what you believe, right? My man Mick, a major shout out to Mick of the String Ninjas. He hooked me up with a t-shirt there, Pug Uglies. Very nice, fits a treat. I will wear it on a Boytown podcast for you, my man, probably this week, actually. Um, reckon Arsenal will win a trophy this season. They've got to make the League Cup a priority. See, to be honest with you, mate, I don't know. I think Arsenal, I give up hope with Arsenal. They just... Uh, Every year, they just they flatter to deceive, have a good transfer window. You get excited. Within four weeks, you're like, ah, no, same old again. Could they win a trophy? Possibly. Like, they won the FA Cup a couple of times there, and I mean, anything's possible. But uh, I would rather them finish in the top four of the league than anything, really, but can't see it. Chris Henning has said, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? P.S. I'm blocked. I managed to type that. Hey, man, I know you'd autocorrect on there, so... You're not fooling me. Um, but, I mean, a woodchuck could probably chuck a lot of wood if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Like, I mean, if it's an efficient woodchuck with a good work ethic, I'm sure they could chuck a lot of wood. Whereas if a lazy woodchuck, they can't chuck woodchuck wood and chuck wood if they could, you know? So that's the, that's the lay of the land there, my man. Um, uh, Jim Wilson, very DUP name there, man. I like it. Said... Did you know your theme for the Boytown podcast is pretty much like the theme for Friday Night Dinner, but better? Hashtag come lords. Let me get the Friday Night Dinner theme on here and see what uh, what it sounds like. Because um, I haven't actually watched Friday Night Dinner, although my in-laws absolutely love it. Um, so let's hear, have a listen to the, the Friday Night Dinner theme song. Oh, of course there's an advert. Of course there's... Who actually buys something off an advert on YouTube? Like, seriously? Pretty fair. Pretty dope song. A boy town theme song, for anyone that doesn't know, is... uh, um, nope, unable to play because. Oh! I mean, it's a top dollar song, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I didn't know that. I do like the Friday Night Dinner theme song. And I mean, could it be spunked up a little bit more with some more boy tone on it? Hey, absolutely, Jim. But thanks for the question. Um, let me see where I'm at. Let me see where I'm at, baby. <laughs> I'm in love with the shape of you. I don't know what that was. Um, right, hold on a second. This, this is the joy of questions. Questions? <laughs> Phil McSee has said, The time has come, Dave. You've downplayed it for too long. It's time you're honest with your listeners. I know there's a stigma around it, but it's 2019, Dave. You still keep up with pro wrestling, and it's okay. You're not alone. Um, you know what? First and foremost, Phil, I 
don't mind pro wrestling. You know what I mean? I don't. I actually used to love the thing. For many a moon, that was my my goal. I want to. It's like I want to be a wrestler when I grow up. And and I just I, I I trained. I used to, I trained to be a wrestler for a brief time, and then I just got too heavily involved in this shit. So um, I do enjoy pro wrestling. I do respect the work that goes into it, and. The truth be told, I would have watched it the old time. However, having to be able to afford Sky and stuff, I had to just cut Sky Sports out of my bill, and therefore access to pro wrestling has has gone. So, I mean, you know, it's sad, but I do. I, you know, I will keep an eye on pro wrestling, but I'm not necessarily um, a major fan of it anymore as I once was. You know, so look, there's no shame in it. Um, I'm asthmatic. I'll admit to that, and. You know, I'll, I'll say to say your face, you know, but yeah, there's no stigma. If you like pro wrestling, fair enough, my man. Glenn Lindsay, does Bangers Bad Boy of Breakfast have any, any embarrassing stories to share? Embarrassing injuries, sorry, to share. Um, phew, man, I've had several injuries over my time. Probably some of the more embarrassing ones. I once tried to bite my toenail um, and pop my knee. Which is definitely an old man thing, you know. I also nearly popped my knee coming down the stairs just walking one day, which wasn't also an ideal scenario for me. And um, but the worst injury I've ever had. Uh, I mean, listen, this is a weird podcast. We can be straight with each other here. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I used to jack off a lot. You know, <laughs> there you go. Whoa, cards and table. Who doesn't, who doesn't like that? You know what I'm saying? Before I was an old dad guy, you know, many, when I was sort of teenage years, loved it. Used to pass the time, you know. Um, some people like golf. Some people like, you know, knitting. I like jacking, you know, each to their own. But this particular time, back in the golden days, before um, internet or phone usage, whereby you could have everything your finger see generation nowadays, they don't know the struggle. You know, back in my day, we had the source your material, you know, because your imagination didn't work. You had to use the old uh, five-minute free views of the adult channel and the, the Playboy channel. And then during the day, you just had to really search out. So this one particular day, I um, <laughs> was trying to source some material because, you know what, I had a bit of a lob on. I'd only had like seven likes that day, you know, so it was still pretty horned up. And uh, I had noticed that my mum had bought... Really sexy undies. No, <laughs> no. I noticed my mom bought this magazine, like a Mary. It was a Mary Claire magazine, and I was like, "Have a look through this. It's a woman's magazine, you know, glossy magazine." But then at the very back, like this is we're talking 15, 20 years ago, probably fifteen. So I'm only thirty three. Like it'd be weird doing this when I'm thirteen. But um, I sourced this magazine at the back. There was some, you know. Some uh, breast augmentation adverts. Now, we're not talking brazier breasts. Like these guys, the doctors were like, hey, I'm not going to be stitching up these ditties to put them in a brazier. No, sorry, Bob, I want them out. So the norks are out for everyone to see. And hey, as a 15 year old boy, it was a pretty nice sight. So I thought, yeah, I'll take that to the bathroom, you know, have we look at it, put it across the sink, laid it out, went to work. Then, I hear a fumble at the door as if someone's trying to get in. And I went, oh no, what if I've not locked the door? I panicked, I spun around to put my hand to the door to stop someone coming in to catch me doing what, you know what, with hindsight, my parents were probably like, I knew he was fully up that. He was a teenage boy. You know what, in my mind, I'm like, they never knew. Right? So I spin around. But oh, no, I don't, luckily it was locked. I was like, thank God. When I came back, looked down, there's blood. 
And I'm like, oh no. And then I realised what I'd done in my um, panic was just draw the tip of my manhood, my turgid manhood, should I, should I state, across the paper of this glossy magazine and had given myself a paper cut across the top of my dick. And, you know, that was horrific because, you know, blood was being pumped through that area, so there was more blood than there should have been. Um, in that moment, I'm thinking the worst, that am I just going to bleed out here? Like, is my dad going to come in and find me lying on the floor like some sort of dead drug addict, except instead of a needle in my arm, it's just a pool of blood just bled out from my penis. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to die. It's like, I'm going to have to tell my dad because there's no way I can stem this blood flow in my head. I'm like, I'm just going to keep pumping and it's going to bleed out. Um, I did what anyone would do in the circumstance. I took some toilet paper, put some cold water on it, and just dabbed it. And I was like, oh, please, no. And then I realised, ah, it starts to go soft. You know what I mean? That's fairly decent. And then when it softened down, the blood stopped. And I was like, thank God. Because I was like, I'm going to have to call my dad here. And we're going to have to go on A&E. Everyone's going to know I'm a pervert. And, you know, it was just it was a very stressful time. There was a lot of sweat in that day too. And then once the adrenaline settled, it was stingy as fuck. Do you know what it's like? Ah, like a paper cut. Think how sore a paper cut is. Imagine one of those in your wallet. Yeah. Not an ideal scenario. So, yeah, it was a pretty embarrassing injury and also pretty scary time because, hey, I thought I was going to die. And it's maybe too much information, that story, Glenn, but, I mean, you asked it. And I'm honest, I'm open with the weirdos. Um, Mark Beggs has said, good morning, the big bad booty daddy. With old Hallow's Eve fast approaching, what bespoke outfit will Papa Pictorial be donning when the spookiest night of the year arrives? Hashtag bespokeo, hashtag frankencum. Shit, last hashtag there, mate, because, um, you know, you could have gone for something like Wankenstein. Might have uh, maybe, I uh, know, worked better. But, um, <laughs> frankencum, go ahead. Um, but I don't know, because, listen... Pug Uglies is on that night in, on Halloween and the bar like do you want to dress up I was like nah you know what I thought about it but nah fuck that I'm a comedian I'm not a friggin uh, will I do material based around Halloween for sure but what, am I going to dress up like a fucking idiot no way wise up you know if you want to dress a venue in Halloween outfits or have a Halloween drinks promotion yes don't have me dressed as a fucking mummy you klutz but if I was just dressing myself, probably dress as uh, Robert Mugabe this year, out of respect for him, RIP. And hey, would it do a Justin Trudeau and black up? Yeah, you know, probably. It's probably more disrespectful to just dress in all Mugabe's gear without, you know. But hey, I don't want to be cancelled by all this cancel culture. You know what? I'd love it if somebody cancelled the people with nose rings. And the dyed blue hair shaved up the side that wear wee backpacks and, sh- and trousers that are too short for themselves with DM boots and shirts. And like, you can't say this. You can't do that. You know what I think you need to do? Stick your head up your own asshole and suffocate. Anyway, Nathan Concilia said, yo, Papa Doinger, I can't wait for the live podcast and hope I can make it. Guy, if you can't wait for it, make it. You know, it'll be online in a week's time. Like Clementine doing a 69. Whoa, I'm a modern day Robert Frost. Um, but anyway, what soap has the biggest overall cock size? Corey, EastEnders, or Emmerdale? I reckon Phil Mitchell has a veiny bollard for a piece. 
Um, I don't know whether you mean which soap, as in the whole soap has the biggest dick, or whether you mean which soap star has the biggest dick, because, I mean, the first person I think of when I think of soap stars with big lanyards is Dev Callahan, you know, Devendra Callahan from Coronation Street. He shagged everybody, you know what I mean? He shagged more people than Donald Trump has sacked, and that's a lot of people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, De- Devendra Callahan, he doesn't even care what you look like. He just he, he just smells femininity, and he just gets sprung. Like, he gets so sprung, like, T-Pain. I'm sprung, now she got me. And he's just slicing all around him. Another guy that's a top shagger is that fella, what's his name? The, the uh, Brennan? Jack, Bra- Jack Branning? Is it Jack Jim Branning? We'll just call him Branning, Orange Branning from EastEnders. He shags all around him and he's stinking. So the women must be smelling that mm, testosterone off him. Or, mm, is that testosterone? No, brother, it's smegma. Either way, it lures people in and they love it, you know. But, um, yeah, it's a Jack Branning, somebody Branning anyway. And he fucks for sure. So him and Dev both have big lanyards on them. They're both uh, fuckboys and you probably argue both of them aren't what you would classify as real sexy guys but they must have sex appeal to get as many bucks as they do get you know so guys that brings me nicely to the end of the podcast i just want to give a shout out again to all my patreons you guys are are getting me closer towards a video podcast you know you are are doing that and i appreciate it you know um there's going to be more stuff going on the Patreon. Hopefully, you know, if you just want to go on tour, I can get a discount for you if you are Patreons as well. Um, if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. You know, I need your support to, to keep me going. You know, it's episode 100, and, you know, it's been through ups and downs of the podcast. There's been some great episodes. There's been some shit ones, you know. But um, as uh, a famous philosopher known as Mike the Situation Sorrentino once said, a smooth sea doesn't make a skilled sailor. You know what I mean? So you need those ups and downs to come out the other side. But what I'm saying to you is, guys, if you haven't already rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes, please do. If you haven't already shared it, I love to see I love to see when you people are listening. I want to see my, my podcast in your Instagram stories. I want you to help me spread the word. Because again, this podcast doesn't necessarily have the biggest budget or backing. They don't have maybe the millions of followers that some podcasters have. I'm just plodding along, trying to make funny, relatable content for you guys. So help out the podcast. We're all weirdos. We're all friends. You know, let's get behind it. If you're not a Patreon, for sure, sure share it in your Instagram stories. Uh, I can nearly speak. I've been drinking, you know, but for sure do. Help a brother out, and I'd appreciate it. Right, guys? Um, I'll maybe see you next week on episode 101 there may be no episode 101 i may just pull the plug at 100 because it could be a disaster but guys it's been a fun ride and i hope you guys ride fun during the week take care